good to see the church in revival? Are you thankful that God is pouring out his spirit, saving souls and reaching out to people? The Lord is coming. I'm convinced of it. It's coming very soon. And I'm just thankful that we can say today that we have prayed. Uh, well, my, by my count, 38 have received the Holy Ghost in the last three weeks. And I thank God for it. I, I don't know devil's going to steal that from me. I thank God for every soul that was touched. Now, I baptized a lady just a few hours ago. Baptized this one, and, and another one came up and said, Brethren, Reverend, I, am, I got all these things in my life. I said, of course you do. You just, you just got the Holy Ghost. But God is going to do a work. They said, you think I'll make it? You think I'll be all right? I said, I know you will because we got a Savior that's awesome. He's great and greatly to be praised. So I'm excited. Now, folks, revival, revival continues. Revival is going to continue even through the holiday because that's our desire. The Lord could come before. Folks, you may not get your Thanksgiving turkey. I know you don't like that, but I, I'm not promising you Thanksgiving. The Lord may come before that. This world is not looking for it, but the church is looking for it. That's why we cannot be satisfied with anything less than revival. Praise God. Let's clap our hands one more time. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I see... Uh, Pastor Harvey back there. You're going to join us up here, right? Yes. I thank you. So good. Come up here. Here's our evangelist from Wednesday night a week ago. And the Lord blessed in such a special way. Pastor McDonough, thank you, Brother Harvey, for being here. And uh, I'm glad to see each of you that are here tonight. We give honor to our evangelist. And uh, we thank the Lord for him. You know, it is not easy to do what they're doing. But we thank the Lord for their calling. And they seem to be able to reach out, at least in our community, the Lord has used them. Does everyone know that, of course you know, I'm just, that's just rhetorical, that an evangelist has a special calling. That's a special calling. It's like the Lord called me here and put me over on Talmadge, near Talmadge Avenue. The Lord just brought me <laughs> Praise God. And so that's true with the Campatellas. Thank you, brother and sister Campatella, for being with us and your beautiful family. We want you to come and preach right now. God bless you as you come. Thank you, Pastor. Praise the Lord, everybody. Why don't we clap our hands unto the Lord again and thank God for his presence. We love you, Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Such an honor to be in this church, to have revival with you. I'm so thankful for what God has done. And I'm so thankful for the continued river that flows in every service in this church. The anointing that is flowing through your music is second to none. The level of talent, the level of gifting, dedication... It's just second to none. And I honor you as a people. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6. How many of you want revival to continue? 
I am in agreement with Pastor that whether or not there is a special speaker or a special occasion, you can live in the greatest revival of your life. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father, which is in secret. Everybody say, in secret. And thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Everybody say, openly. What you do in secret, God will show openly. Mark chapter 4, verse 22, Jesus said, For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. Finally, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, Paul says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly, above all, that we ask or think, According to the power that worketh or the power that operates in us. According to the power that worketh in us. I want to preach to you for a few minutes. I'm going to be short and sweet and hard to beat tonight. So you can go home early, hopefully. But I want to preach to you tonight on this topic, the source of revival. The source of revival. Let's put our Bibles down, lift our hands to the Lord and ask God to do exactly what he wants to do in this place. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the authority of the word of God and by the power of the name Jesus, I bind every spirit that is contrary to the flow of the Holy Ghost. And I loose the angels of the Lord in this place now to minister according to your will. Open every eye to see and every ear to hear what thus saith the Lord. Loose my tongue to speak according to your will. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, would you clap your hands one more time unto the Lord and let's shout hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We adore you, Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. I want to tell you very candidly that if you do not pray on a consistent basis, you should expect to struggle in your Christian life. If you are not breaking through your flesh in prayer on a consistent basis, you are going to have a rough go of it going to be tough for you. Service is going to be tough. Uh, worship is going to be tough. Fasting is going to be next to impossible. Um, church is going to be kind of numb to you. You might feel to just sit there and listen a lot. You might just uh, not really have any energy behind your worship and your praise. And there's no spark. There's no fire. Because of the lack of consistent Prayer. I want you to mark this down that if you are not praying consistently, you are going to fight spiritual battles that are pretty horrific. You're going to deal with temptations and spirits continuously. This is not an elementary message. This is a college-level message, okay? 
you're going to deal with stuff that you were never supposed to deal with. In our culture, we have developed a Pentecostal culture where we come in and the music is so great, we come and dance and do our thing and then we go back out and we just are carnal. But I want to tell you, God knows when you're praying or not praying and the devil knows when you are praying or not praying. And there are some spirits that will not listen to you unless you are praying consistently. There are spirits that would attack your home, attack your marriage, attack your children. They will pay you no mind. They will pay you no mind if you are not praying like you should. And sometimes I will admit, and it's just obvious to anyone who loves to pray, who wants to pray, sometimes it's a battle to pray. Sometimes it is a struggle to pray. Can I get a witness in the house? Sometimes the angels are not singing. Sometimes the bells are not ringing. Sometimes Jesus seems like he's in another country. But you pray anyway. Sometimes when it's dry, you get out the Bible and you just pray psalms to the Lord. Sometimes you, you get out a piece of paper and read a prayer. Whatever you got to do to pray, you need to pray because prayer is the source of revival. And you must make up in your mind which battle you are going to fight. Because you're going to fight somehow. You're going to fight something. And you must determine which battle you're going to fight. Either you will fight the battle against your flesh for daily prayer. Or you will fight a hundred other battles in your flesh because... You refuse to fight the first battle. I am totally convinced that people sit on our pews dealing with devils, dealing with spirits, dealing with temptations that you were never supposed to deal with and that would simply be wiped away if you devoted your mind and your will to daily prayer. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something. You can't pray until you overcome. What are you dealing with? Whatever it is, I promise you, if you are willing to pay the price of prayer, you can overcome it. I'm convinced you can break through anything. I'm convinced you can overcome anything. There's not a devil in hell big enough. There's not an obstacle strong enough. There's not a wall high enough. There's no chain thick enough. If you're willing to pray and pray and pray and pray, God is going to loose you from that. God's going to give you power over that. God's going to give you authority over every devil that would come against you if you'll pray. Hallelujah. Revival does not come to churches. Revival comes to individuals. One person in revival in this church, one person in revival in McDonald can turn a church upside down. Just one. 
One person who refuses to have their flame put out. One person uh, that refuses to block the flow of the river. One person that refuses to shut up. Uh, one person that refuses just to sit there. One person that refuses to stop worshiping. You can turn every service upside down. You can turn every prayer meeting upside down. You can turn your neighborhood upside down. You can turn your job upside down. One person. Revival comes to individuals. It was an individual, say an individual, Moses, who brought revival to Israel. Moses saw God in private before he revealed God in public. Moses had a visitation with the king when nobody was watching, and then he revealed the king when everybody was watching. It was an individual, David, who brought deliverance to Israel. David got the victory over the lion and the bear in private before he got the victory over the giants in public. John the Baptist walked with God in the wilderness. The Bible said that he was in the desert until the day of his showing. In private, before he showed the people of Israel how to walk with God in public. Jesus himself waited 30 years before he revealed his ministry, building up a reservoir of personal devotion, culminating in a 40-day fast in the wilderness before God loosed his public ministry that changed the world forever. Let me tell you what I am saying. I want to reveal to you the source of revival that's going to go beyond these three weeks in October, that's going to go beyond a Sunday night church service, that's going to go beyond any prayer meeting you have. The source of revival is the public overflow of your private devotion. If you are praying in private, you're going to overflow in public. If you're reaching and touching God in private, there's going to be a river of life that pours through you in public. Woo! You can pick out of a crowd the people who live in the flow. As an evangelist, it's my job to pick out the people in the crowd who live in the flow because I connect with you in the spirit. I don't want to connect with no deadhead. No offense. There's not many here. There's a couple. I'm not talking to you, though, if you think I'm talking to you. Some people are just sponges. They live off of everybody else's flow. Some people come to church and they're waiting on everybody else to get their fire going. You've been spending all kinds of time on the internet, watching your dumb TV shows, looking at all the sports and you come to church and you want everybody else to get your fire going. Let me ask you a question. Where's your fire? Where is your fire? Jesus told us that we would be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Where is your fire? Woo. 
Something should be burning inside of you when you gather with the people of God and you sing the songs of Zion and you hear the word of the Lord. If you can sit there like nothing's happening, you've lost your fire. I want to be a blaze of fire. I want to be set on fire. I want to be filled with fire. Hallelujah. Well, clap your hands and do whatever you want for a moment. Why don't you let your voice out and let some fire come out of you? Why don't you let some Holy Ghost fire flow through you for a moment? You want to lift your voice and thank God we've got the fire. We're not some dead, dull, boring religion. We're Pentecostals. We've got the fire. Here's what I want to tell you. God will not work in your box. He's not going to work in my box. He's not going to work in your box. He refuses to work in the zone that you're comfortable in. You want to find Jesus? You want to know where Jesus begins? Right where you end. You may say, it's not my personality to clap. It's not my personality to dance. It's not my personality to scream. Let me tell you something. When you're going to find Jesus is when you step out of your personality. And typically, if you're very comfortable, there's a good chance you're not in the spirit. I may be very bold because we're leaving tomorrow. I'm not sure pastor can just fix it all. He called me, so it's his fault. It's a, blame it on him. If you're very comfortable, you may not be in the Holy Ghost. I'm not saying you're a bad person, you're a horrendous person, you're evil, you're what. I'm just saying, typically when you're in the Holy Ghost, the comfort of the flesh becomes secondary. Whatever the spirit. The Bible says the wind bloweth where it listeth. You don't know where it's coming from or where it's going, but you can hear the sound thereof. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Every person is like the wind. Not the Spirit inside of us, but when you have the Spirit, you're going to be like the wind. We don't know what you're about to do when you have the Spirit. That's what makes Pentecostal Church so exciting. You don't know what's going to happen. The source of revival, revival is the public overflow of a private devotion. Real revival does not come without a change of schedule, personal and corporate. Real revival will not come for you without a change of schedule. And the devil cannot stop revival. There is nothing the devil can do to stop revival. There's nothing. Now, he'll fight. He'll do what he, 
He'll try. He's already done it in this revival several times. Distract everything. through. And the spirits, this is the, another thing about revival. Revival reveals the presence of the Lord, but it also reveals the presence of spirits that are not of God. Because they cannot sit here and be quiet anymore. And we've seen it in this particular revival. We've had demonic demonstration in this revival. But we've had a Holy Ghost demonstration too. And that's what we'll focus on. But the devil cannot stop revival. I have been directly opposed by certain spirits, people speaking to me that were inspired by the devil. To me, that's just dumb. It's like a compliment almost. It's a compliment. The devil, when the devil does stuff like that, I just feel sort of complimented because he's on his last leg. He's hanging on by a thread. He's having a migraine headache. There's nothing else he can do, and something wonderful is about to happen. The devil cannot stop revival, but a carnal saint can. Somebody who refuses to praise him can. Somebody who refuses to lift their voice can. Somebody who's just kind of contrary to everything. You can hinder the flow of the spirit. Yes, you can. Human spirits that are carnal are way more powerful than a devil. I'd rather deal with a devil in the house than a carnal saint in a, million, a million times over. I'd rather deal with any devil but a carnal saint. You can't cast them out. If you do, it's like lawsuit city. We can praise God and the devil will flee, but a carnal saint, they can just resist. Uh, listen, I don't want to be carnal. I want to walk in the spirit. Carnal means death. Spirit means life. Carnal means bondage. Spirit means freedom. Uh, carnal means depression. Spirit means joy. Let's get in the spirit uh, and live in revival. Let's get in the spirit and live in the overflow of rivers of living water. Let's get in the spirit. Uh, let's praise until we're in the spirit. Uh, let's pray until we're in the spirit. Uh, let's dance until we're in the spirit. Uh, I want to be in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Hallelujah. And the length of time you spend in prayer is the fundamental key to the quality of your walk with God. The price of your personal revival is time invested in prayer. I want to tell you, it is impossible. It is impossible to have little revival when you have big prayer. If you're praying... Two hours a day, three hours a day, you're fasting, you're studying that word. Let me tell you something. It won't matter what's going on around you at all. You will just live in revival. You'll just live in the flow of the Spirit. Time invested. Everybody say time invested. In prayer determines the quality of your revival. Let's lift our hands and receive that because there's a revelation in that. I receive it, Lord, a spirit of prayer. I want it. I want it. Unlock for me the source of revival. Hallelujah. 
Everybody say dimensions. There are certain dimensions of revelation and operation of the Spirit that come at certain lengths of time spent in His presence. If you spend that amount of time, if you invest that amount of time, the door opens. If you don't, the door remains shut. Sometimes you never even know there was a door there. And I have found in my life that if I pray a certain amount, now this may be peculiar, maybe you've heard this, maybe you haven't, I don't know. But if I pray a certain amount, a particular door of operation opens for me in the spirit. Working with the gift of faith, working with angels, working in the gifts of the spirit. And I have found that if I am not at that level, if I'm not pushing at that level, it's a lot harder to open that door. And God has made available to us powerful, powerful things that can only be accessed through length of time spent in prayer. I want to tell you some interesting things that God has shown me in prayer. I believe there's seven stages of prayer that you can operate in and go through as you seek to go as far as the Lord wants you to go in prayer. Now, this type of teaching, I would say, is for someone who wants to go to um, advanced stages in prayer. And I think this will help you because many times when we pray, we feel certain things and the devil takes advantage of our lack of knowledge about what we're feeling and causes us to be discouraged. So I feel like God wanted me to relay this to you. I believe when you start speaking to God, that's prayer, you enter into what I call the introduction stage. Um, I've heard it said that prayer is a dialogue. I do not believe prayer is a dialogue. I believe prayer is when you speak to God and revelation is when God speaks to us. There's not a, there's not a, uh, God does not speak without revelation being released. And so when you start speaking, it, there's a funny correlation between the length of time you speak to, God, speak to God and the amount that God speaks to us. The more you speak to him, the more he'll want to speak to you. And the more sensitive you become to his voice. So you begin to pray. You come into prayer and you get comfortable and you begin to speak. And prayer Begins. The Bible says, after this manner, therefore pray ye our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. This is where spiritual orientation takes place. You put God in his proper place and you remind yourself where you are. Our Father which art in heaven. You're up there, I'm down here. Hallowed be thy name. You begin to praise the Lord. You are leaving the realm of flesh and entering the realm of of spirit and you have to consciously focus your mind anybody know what i'm talking about when you first start praying distractions are everywhere at this point distractions are everywhere i i have a a, a tendency if my phone is near me when i pray i have a tendency to be very distracted so i have learned to remove my phone out of my presence out from my zone otherwise i will become distracted and distractions are everywhere when you begin to pray it's choppy sometimes there's a little, little flow. You feel uh, there's a pressure in front of you holding you back. It's hard to pray. You're very conscious of your flesh not wanting to pray. Anybody in agreement with what I'm saying? Okay, there's a few of you. The rest of you are in, in heaven when you pray. I got it. You are conscious of your voice and how loud it is when you first start praying. 
Then, as you stay in prayer, I believe you go into stage two, which I call the crucifixion stage. This is when you really get down to business subduing the flesh and the carnal mind. Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The battle gets underway to present your body a sacrifice, and it is a sacrifice. To pray in this stage, you are sacrificing. It's work. It's you're you're reigning in your mind. You're reigning in your thought. You are forcing yourself, in spite of everything. I'm going to pray. And crucifixion gets underway, and it's it can feel hopeless here. It feels like, man, I'm just a terrible prayer warrior. I don't know where God is, and it's like you're not getting anywhere. You lose track of thoughts. How many of you have been praying and you? We're thinking about your dog or thinking about the news. And you were saying, you might even be speaking in tongues, but your mind is somewhere else completely. Bunch of, okay, now there we go. Here we go. There's a wind of truth sweeping across the place. Some of you are way too spiritual for this kind of teaching. I understand. Uh, you're very distracted. You, you, you can, it's hard to lift your voice. Everything feels awkward. You, it's hard to feel the Lord. You can feel lonely. It feels like time is barely moving forward. You feel like you prayed 20 minutes and you look at your watch and you pray two minutes. And you look at your watch 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 over and over because you're very conscious of, of time moving forward slowly. You're very conscious of how you sound and you look when you're in this stage. And then something switches in the spirit. I believe you go to stage three, which is the acceptance stage. This is where you assume the responsibility of prayer. And you make up your mind, I am going to carry the cross of prayer no matter what I feel like. I am going to pray no matter what I feel like. If Jesus shows up and I can feel it, great. If I don't feel nothing, I'm going to pray and push regardless. And here, a rhythm of prayer can be found. You just start feeling a, a little bit of a flow open up while you pray. And you find in this stage a vein of prayer that God wants you to flow in. Sometimes it may be praise. Sometimes it may be repentance. Sometimes it may be thanksgiving. Sometimes it may be uh, dancing or you, you, whatever it is. You will find a particular thing. Hmm, this seems to work in this stage. And you can live in that for a little while. And the resistance to prayer doesn't really affect you as much as it did previously. And it's growing less. And then I call stage four the breakthrough stage. Paul said, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Something happens to you. Instead of pressure holding you back, now pressure is pushing you forward. You feel a thrust in prayer. This is where energy for prayer comes inside of your spirit. Now, now you are less worried about what you sound like. You may even lift your voice and shout a little bit. There's authority. I told you the story about the flight into the clouds. You, what was over you is now underneath you. The pressure that was on top of you is now below you. And instead of it being dark and gloomy under the cloud cover of the spirit realm, now you are up and you see everything from miles. And your perspective changes. Your mind gets renewed. And you can face another day. You can go through another day because God is with you. And you know God is with you. And the, the power of your flesh is, is broken. You want to pray. Excitement for prayer comes upon you. And there's authority when you pray after the breakthrough you stop worrying about the time because now it's fun 
Your flesh is no longer a major, op major obstacle. Your mentality and spirit have risen above carnal influences. And you have reached a place in prayer where the invisibility of Jesus no longer matters. I'm going to say that again. You have reached a place in prayer where the invisibility of Jesus no longer matters. <laughs> now, I will confess to you for years I stopped right there. Because, man, after that breakthrough, you feel good. You feel light. The burden has been lifted. The spiritual opposition seems to be faded away. But in reality, God told me, Joey, that is where real prayer begins. Because if you stick around, man, there's something to just sticking around. There's something powerful for those who linger in the presence of the Lord. If you stick around, you enter into stage five. It's the stage I call spirit prayer. A spirit of prayer comes upon you. Paul said, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us. The spirit is praying through you and for you with groanings which cannot be uttered. You begin to pray in a way. That is not you any longer. You will begin to pray in a way that may surprise you. You will pray big things that may surprise you. A spirit of prophecy will come upon your prayer. You will begin to pronounce prayers. I, I've seen a massive shift happen during this breakthrough stage in the spirit stage because before, because of the weight of everything we're feeling, we're in a travail mode. But when you get in that breakthrough stage and then you stay into the spirit stage, there is a, a fierceness that can come into your prayer. There's a proclamation. God will do this. God will perform his power. God will bring healing. God will deliver. I command it in the name of Jesus Christ. In spirit prayer, you may just groan and not care what anybody thinks about it. Oh! You weren't doing that when you started. But now you're like, oh! And it feels so good, you got to do it again. Oh! Sometimes violent intercession can come upon you in spirit prayer. Anybody ever been in violent intercession? You, there's like a warfare happening while you're praying. You're not just talking in tongues. It's like you're chopping wood with your tongue. It's like you're breaking the back of every devil that ever existed when you're speaking in tongues. Your words will be literally guided by the Spirit. My wife hits this realm all the time. When she begins to pray, I know she hits this realm because she will begin to pray things that are coming directly from the mind of God. You can feel it. There's like every sentence comes directly from the mouth. God literally puts the prayer in your mouth that you need to be praying. Oh. And time flies by. Instead of you thinking you prayed 20 minutes and you prayed two minutes, you might think you just prayed five minutes and you actually prayed 45 minutes. Everything flips on you. 
And then if you're really, 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 really hungry, you get into stage six, which is what I call the overflow stage. Now, stage six and seven, I believe, must be accompanied by some type of fasting. You don't have to currently be on a fast, but there has to be some kind of fasting incorporated into your life. And I believe you can get there. But the overflow stage is where you can no longer physically cope with the glory that has come upon you. <laughs> Paul said it like this, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. You may get drunk in this stage. This stage is ecstasy. This stage is where Jesus junkies are created. This stage, you have no worries. You have no fear. You have incredible peace. You are no longer yourself. Jesus is real to you. You can literally stay for hours. You do not want to sleep, to leave. You can go to sleep and wake up with the effects of this realm the next day. This realm carries its effects over into tomorrow's prayer. Prayer in this stage becomes the greatest thing you have ever done or ever will do in this life. You have incredible confidence. It's addictive. It dramatically affects every facet of your life. And if you are really, really hungry, you can go to stage seven, which is what I call the heavenly places stage. Jesus taught us through Paul, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Ephesians 1 and 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Everybody say heavenly places. Amen. Ephesians 2 and 6, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. It's not something he's going to do. It's something he will do right now. He will raise you up into heavenly places now and cause you to sit where Christ is sitting right now. Ephesians 3 and 10, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places, everybody say heavenly places, might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. So we receive the wisdom and the revelation that our opposition resides in heavenly places. Jesus said in John 3 and 12, if I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly or spiritual things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, everybody say heaven. But he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. They are looking at Jesus say these words. And he said to them, the Son of Man right now, the one that's speaking to you, is in heaven. So he is on heaven and earth at the same time. And you can get to a place in prayer where your body is on the earth. But your spirit is seated in heavenly places. Your spirit literally begins to operate in a realm where the demonic opposition to revival resides. And when you step into a location, every devil, every spirit of opposition knows you are coming. 
They know your name. They know who you are. They know what you're all about because you walk in their territory. You can get to a place in prayer where your spirit has ascended up to the authority of Jesus Christ in heavenly places. You will become lost in prayer. Time is a distant memory. This is the place in prayer I believe you can stay all night long. Just all night long. All day long in prayer. Giving yourself over to prayer all day long. Your body, your body will feel the effects of this kind of prayer. You might feel sore. Anybody ever felt sore when you were praying? Who of you have? Now this is peculiar. I don't know. I, I guess I'm getting to a place where I'm starting to share this stuff a little bit more. But I don't know what y'all think about this. But who cares? When I tap into this dimension, my hands start to go numb. <laughs> they start to go numb. And this, this numbness, it's like a vibration and a numbness in my hands. And this numbness will begin to work its way up my palms and into my forearms. And the longer I stay, it'll go into my elbows, it'll go into my shoulders, and it'll go into my chest until my whole body literally is vibrating. And I lose control over my muscles. And I, the first time it happened to me, I thought the devil was attacking. I was rebuking the devil every which way. I, would, I thought I was be, be, being nailed by, because I, I lost control of my body. But I realized there were some people that were gifted in this realm, and they came to me, and they said, Joey, that's God taking you. Your body is feeling the effects of your entrance into that level of spiritual operation. And when I realized it was the Lord, I was in the prayer room, man, and it happened again. And I laid hands on every single person in that prayer room I could. I was laying hands on because there was something in my hands. And, and these, these things will happen. I have found that different things will happen to my body because, because your body is literally immersed in the glory of the Lord. And you will feel the effects of it. You will become very sensitive to angels in this place because this is where the angels walk in these heavenly places. You will be able to discern the presence of angels in this realm. You become highly sensitive to human spirits, incredibly sensitive to human spirits in this realm. You know who you are and why you are. You will feel a vital and essential part of the kingdom of God. You may never touch a microphone. You may never stand on a platform. But if you operate in this realm, you are fully confident in who you are in God. There's not a, there's not a lack of confidence in you because you have been with the Lord. Covenants with God are made here. I am totally convinced that when you read of covenants in the Old Testament, the Abrahamic covenant, David's covenant with God, Jacob's covenant with God, you see all these covenants. I am totally convinced God makes covenants today. And he will apply himself to you. He will join himself to your personal life and make a covenant with you that is particular and peculiar to your life. Covenants are made here. It's very intimate when you pray here. Very intimate. Sometimes when I have prayed here, my eyes are closed. And it feels like 
And I can almost see, and sometimes I have seen, I can see myself down somewhere. I'm lifted up, and I can see myself down. Has anybody ever experienced anything like that? It's like you're being lifted. There's, a, there's one hand. Okay, I'm not the only weirdo in the house. God bless you, sis. There's a couple of you. You feel like you're above your, your physical body. Why? Because God has lifted you up. There is incredible closeness to Jesus. The resistance of the flesh is a distant memory. And you can actually live in this realm. You'll get in it the next day. You'll get in it the next day. You may face strong men here because the spiritual wickedness in high places that Epiuranios, I'm sure Brother French could pronounce it perfectly, Epiuranios is heavenly places. It's the spirit realm. And when you rise to this level, you affect the entire church. You affect the entire church. There's, there's two ladies in our church that live in this realm at home. One sits on one side of the church over here. And the other sits in the back on the other side of the church over here. <clears throat> now, these are saints. Of course, I believe Mama Varnum lives in this realm continuously. But these two saints of God, they, they never see a microphone. They never stand on the platform. But we know, and especially when I was a young person, I would keep my eye on these two ladies in our church. Because if they begin to lift their hands and lift their voice, the entire atmosphere of the building altered. If they lifted their hands, am I telling the truth, baby? If they lifted their hands and begin to speak in tongues... It was like waves would go. And we would always, as, the, as young people, we would always hope and pray that these ladies would get going, man. And we would kind of go to on, man, are you going to go crazy? No, what you going to do tonight? Because this one of them in particular was very kind. She, she would talk to us about the angels that she had seen and the vision. She's just a powerful woman. And we know if this lady gets going, something's going to happen. And when these ladies walk through the altar call, it's like God has taken a, a, a firebrand and is just fanning the flames. When they walk through an altar, it's like everywhere they walk, the fire just pops up on the people around them. Why? Because they have paid the price to live in heavenly places. And they are affecting the entire spirit realm around them. My pastor's wife, Mama Varnum. Is this okay? I don't know if I've ever talked about this stuff ever. Mama Varnum, she's a prophetess. She is without a doubt. She is a prophetess. She will read your mail like nobody's business. She's the kind of lady, if she walks up to you, you pray over your mind and ask God for mercy, okay? Ask God to forgive you of any thought that's contrary to his word. She will, she will read you. She keeps everybody straight. She kept me straight for years. Her mother was a prophetess. Her mother was powerfully gifted in evangelism. She never saw a microphone, but that woman converted so many people. She told so many people about Jesus. She would go to Disney World with the grandkids and sit on a bench, and whoever sat down next to her, she would tell them about Jesus. That was her day at Disney World. She had a blast. She never got up. She never rode a single ride, but she talked to about 500 people that sat next to her about Jesus Christ. This was who she was. I'm talking about the saints of God. I'm not talking about some famous evangelist, some famous pastor. I'm talking about saints who have paid the price to go into heavenly places. 
People on her street, if they needed a miracle, they would go to Nellie Butler. They would go to Nellie Butler's house and she would pray over them and God would give them their miracle. She was known as the healer in her neighborhood by the power of God. Well, Sister Varnum, Mama Varnum, was walking with her mother in a flea market in California. And as they were walking through, now Nellie Butler was about the simplest lady you could possibly imagine. She was not sophisticated by any shape or form. She was very simple. And she was very, very kind, very curious, very sweet lady. In the flea market, there was a big crowd gathered around a table. And Nellie Butler walked up to the table and she was kind of standing on her tiptoes trying to see what was going on. And, and Mama Varnum came up to her and said, Mom, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm trying to see what everybody's looking at over here. There was a huge crowd gathered around the table. And all of a sudden, they heard a shout come from that table behind this crowd of people. And a lady said, you! And pointed her finger. And it was a witch sitting at this table telling fortunes. And of course, the first person in front of her looked at himself, or looked at himself and got out of the way and everybody got out of the way and the crowd parted and Nellie Butler was just standing there like this. This is what she did when she got nervous. She would bite on her thumb. It's hilarious. And the witch looked at her and said, you, you have got to leave. Every since you've come up to this crowd, I cannot operate in what I am gifted to do. You have got to leave. <laughs> Why? Because her spirit, while her body was on the earth, her spirit was in the heavens messing up the devil so bad. Some of you operate in this realm. I know you do. I know you do. I can feel it when I get around you and I honor you and I thank God for you. And I want to tell you something. God is calling this church to a deeper realm of prayer. What you need to do is turn off the dumb internet, turn off that stupid TV, get out of all that junk that's trying to steal your time. If you would just linger in the presence of the Lord, push away the clock and say, God, I want to know you. I want to be in your presence, uh, the Lord would open to you realms uh, that you've never been involved in in your life. Uh, he would open doors in the spirit uh, that you've never walked through in your life. If you want it, uh, lift your hands and tell the Lord, I want it, Jesus. I want it, Jesus. I want to be in heavenly places. I want you to speak in tongues boldly and loudly right now. I want you to speak in tongues. Pray in the spirit.
Come on, Apostolic Tabernacle. You cannot have this stuff with a patty cake prayer. You got to throw away the clock and say, Jesus, you mean more to me than my convenience. You mean more to me than my comfort. Take me to where you are. Lift me off of this earth. I want to be seated with you in heavenly places. There's a spirit of prayer falling on us right now. I want you to do what you feel right now. I don't feel to go any further right now. God is trying to lift some of you. Your altitude is increasing right now. It's according to your hunger. It's according to your desperation. If you feel to get out of that pew and just do your thing for Jesus, you ought to do so. You ought to do so. You ought to get in the spirit. I encourage you, get into a place where you can step out of your comfort zone and rise in the Holy Ghost. God is putting an anointing for prayer like you've never known before. It's coming upon you. A spirit of prayer is coming upon you. An anointing for prayer, extended prayer, prevailing prayer, effectual, fervent prayer. It's coming upon you. The angels of the Lord are being dispatched here now. To help you pray the prayers that must be prayed over this city, over this church. That's it, talk in tongues, pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit, get out of your flesh, rise, apostolic tabernacle, rise, rise off of this earth, rise off of this earth, into heavenly places, into the spirit, in the name of Jesus.
God is calling some of you powerful saints into heavenly places to help your pastor, to help your pastor's wife, to help your assistant pastor, your assistant pastor's wife. God is calling some of you. They need help in that realm. They are calling. The Holy Ghost is calling. The Holy Ghost is calling. Come on, turn it off. Get rid of it. Whatever would steal your prayer time, whatever would keep you from going that to that place in the Lord where everything disappears, get rid of it. Throw it away. Turn it off. Whatever you got to do, the Spirit is calling. This world is not a home. We're just a passing through. This world is not a home. We're just a passing through.